Welcome to the Pain Solutions Podcast. Dr. Wayne Fimister is a family physician with a special interest in chronic pain, whose passion is finding solutions for this epidemic problem facing one-third of the adult population. He is a clinical associate professor at the University of British Columbia in Canada and has developed one of the first online medical trigger point injection courses for doctors and nurse practitioners, a technique that is easily learned and implemented into the medical office of any doctor or nurse practitioner treating chronic pain. To get free access to Pain Solutions newsletter, blogs, and to register for his online course, simply register at www.waynefimister.com. On the podcast, Dr. Wayne brings together experts from various segments to share with you how they solve people's pain problems and how you can get this treatment too. And now, here's your host, Dr. Wayne Fimister. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this very special episode of the show. My special guest tonight is Dr. Stephen Grinstead. Welcome, Dr. Grinstead. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. So Dr. Grinstead is the co-founder and the chief clinical officer of A Healing Place. That's a residential and intensive outpatient chronic pain management program in Camarillo, California. Well, one thing about that, we have closed the program and now I'm on helping other people do what we did so successfully. Yeah, so you've done yourself out of a job. Yeah, (laughs) I worked myself out of one job and I'm into many others. Well, let's talk about this tonight. You know, you've done many things. You've been authors of many books and uh, papers they see, and you've been categorized as an internationally recognized expert in preventing relapse related to addiction and chronic pain disorders. And you're a developer of the addiction-free pain management system. So I think that's what we're going to be diving into tonight. Um, but first, Dr. Grinstead, let's go back a little bit in time. Let's connect with our audience here. So give us an idea of where you're from, where did you go to university, and start this amazing journey of yours. Well, my journey in the pain management started when I was 12 years old, funny enough, when I was injured playing sandlot football and rushed to the emergency room and sent home with a prescription painkiller. Now, at this point, my family is all alcoholics on both sides, and I started mixing pain pills with alcohol, and I thought that was the way to go. And so my early career was uh, not very exciting as far as health and healthy, but I was high-functioning. I went into the Marine Corps, had a very good three years there, came out with some trauma issues, and I was really into a lot of exciting things when in 1981, I discovered I needed to stop using alcohol and pain pills and went into a recovery process. And that's what actually started me on the journey I'm on today. That's part one, was managing pain without pain meds or alcohol and other drugs. But then a year into my recovery process, I was injured severely, ended up paralyzed from the waist down for about two and a half weeks. And that put an end to my new career, which was going to be opening a string of karate dojos. So I couldn't do that anymore. I couldn't do the electrical construction anymore and got really depressed. It triggered my Marine Corps PTSD, childhood PTSD. And I decided I needed to check out. 
But by divine intervention, I didn't. Got hooked up with a good trauma therapist and a physical therapist who was a Marine also. Uh, He had served about the same time I did, so we hit it off really good. And then they sent me to University of Santa Cruz to train to become a human services counselor. And then I decided I also wanted to do a parallel track in alcohol and drug counseling. So I did that. And then I was hired in a hospital in 1986 to work with the pain track of an addiction treatment program in San Jose, California. And it was very exciting. And we really loved working with the pain patients, had great success efforts. And uh, then I decided I wanted to go get trained by Terry Gorski in relapse prevention And as a result of his loving intervention, I went back to the hospital and resigned and went back to grad school. So I went through National University in San Jose, and I got a bachelor's, master's in counseling psychology, and then I decided I wanted to get a doctorate. So I was shopping around the whole United States about which program did I want, and I was looking at clinical psychology, but then I decided, wait a minute, I want addiction. So that's when I went to the Brining Institute near Sacramento, California, and did my doctorate in addictive disorders. My dissertation was Managing Pain and Coexisting Addiction, and I turned that into one of my books, Managing Pain and Coexisting Disorders. And then from that point, I was also out since 1996 through 2016, was out on the conference circuit uh, as a consultant, trainer, conference speaker, and trained over 40,000 healthcare professionals in addiction, relapse prevention, and chronic pain. And, and that's been a wild ride. And then for two and a half years, we opened a residential IOP and full-day treatment uh, chronic pain uh, triple diagnosis program in Camarillo, California, and collected outcome data. And all that work became the outline for my new book that I'm in the process of writing right now. So that's what led me up to now. Wonderful. Wow, that's extensive. That's amazing. You know, especially from my perspective of your personal journey to start this journey, you know, with your family history and then the the multiple injuries by the sounds of things in addition to the PTSD with the Marines. But you've come so far, you've got your doctorate. You've been a leader in the world. And what fascinates me about reading about you, Dr. Greenstead, is this addiction-free pain management manualized treatment system. Can you just share a little bit more about this for our audience that they could gleam some? Sure. My passion has always been working with people with chronic pain and coexisting disorders, including addiction. Mid-1990s, Terry Gorski tasked me to go and start looking at a system for helping prevent relapse with this population and started doing research on addiction-free pain management. And At the time, I was teaching at some universities, Santa Clara University, UC Santa Cruz, UC Berkeley, and Stanford Medical School. So I had access to all their research libraries. Now, for those new people, this was pre-Google. Research was way different back then. And so I started doing research and got really frustrated because I couldn't find anything for what happened to a patient who had both chronic pain and addiction when they went in to get help. I found a lot of literature on people that went in for help with addiction, a whole lot of research about people who got help for chronic pain, but at that time, there was nothing published on that. And so I was very frustrated, but Terry says, the answer is 
simple. You go out and do your own research. So I did. I started doing research in Northern California, going to pain clinics, pain programs, mental health treatment programs, addiction treatment programs, both medical model and social model, and started collecting data on this population. And it became the foundation for this addiction-free pain management system. And over the years, I've been building it into a replicatable, that's what manualized means, system to where I could go in and I implemented parts of it in a lot of programs. Like, for instance, started Sierra Tucson's first pain program in Arizona. We're consulted with Betty Ford on some of their stuff, with Hazelden on some of theirs. But nobody was willing to do the whole thing until I opened up the healing place in Camarillo, California, and actually got to implement it the way I've always been envisioning it. We collected pre-pre-post outcome measures for each patient we treated that showed the outcomes of this. We did 13 different outcome measures, all in the biological, psychological, social, and spiritual domains. Mm. And at the end of our two-and-a-half-year run, we had an aggregate improvement of 53.4% for all of our patients in all domains, which anything over 30% is phenomenal. And I was very happy about that. And so I'm using all that data and all that knowledge that I learned actually seeing how the system worked to write my new book. So it's been a really exciting journey. And manualized treatment is the goal. I mean, it's the gold standard for addiction treatment. But when you're dealing with coexisting issues, you know, you have to have a roadmap, you have to have a system in place, and all the clinicians have got to be on the same page. That's what the manualized part of it means. Everybody's doing the same thing. They may be doing it their way from their discipline perspective, but everybody has the same roadmap, not a straitjacket, but a roadmap in place so we can get some good outcomes. So give us some insight into this. You keep coming out, you know, you've obviously been doing this for several years. But how do you get all these individuals doing the same roadmap with their expertise? I train the team. That's what I did for 20 years was go out training treatment teams, building, team building, and different treatment programs across the United States and Canada, how to get teams working together. And first thing, every time we hired our first core staff, I put them through intensive training and then daily and weekly update trainings. I started by showing them how to do it, then watching them do it, and then letting them fly solo. So everybody was doing it with their spin, but they were keeping to the footprint. Okay. Just give us an example. Say you've got a counselor versus an MD with his skills, maybe not med- medications, but maybe medications, I'm not sure. But you know, how would you tie these two people together in this situation? Well, we, what we did was every week we had the whole team get together, including a psychiatrist, our medical director, myself, uh, my clinical director, and some of the other key staff, acupuncture, chiropractic, whoever we were using for the patients. And we would collaboratively go over the treatment planning and then pull the patient in to share, this is what we're seeing. What do you think? What do we need to add? What do you think is going to work for you? So it was collaborative treatment planning. So we put everybody, there was no hierarchy. Everybody's on the team. It was a team. I was like case manager of the team, the coach of the team, but our psychiatrist was phenomenal. He had a really good way of using 
recovery-friendly psych meds. Our medical director used recovery-friendly medication-assisted treatment approaches. So we're all operating under the sound philosophy is to eliminate or reduce significantly the need of the biomedical model for pain management, which means we have to teach them coping skills and how to build non-pharmacological pain flare-up tools, for example, how to deal with anxiety, PTSD, depression. So the whole team was working together, and there was a strong cognitive behavioral restructuring foundation for the clinical component, and that's one of my areas of expertise is cognitive behavioral restructuring approaches. And everybody on the team really felt like they were key players. Okay, so... It's just really bringing to the table each individual set of skills and expertise and understanding where everybody's coming from and, and I guess appreciating where everybody's coming from. Each of our job is to make our colleagues' jobs easier. Yes, I can definitely see that as a, an essential component, you know, that's, that's definitely lacking in the general, as you say, the biomedical model, which for our audience is just looking at the biology and the medicine side or the mechanical side almost, but there's so much more to us as individuals. You've got the psychology, you've got the spiritual, you've got the social. And it's an interprofessional construct that we really need to have across the board. And, you know, we're taught these things in med school, but the reality is once we get out there, nobody's doing it. I know. Our medical director was triple board certified, addiction medicine, chronic pain, and interventional pain medicine. And what his, with people in our program, his job was to pull them away from the biomedical, the pills, shots, procedures, and surgeries until we got them some coping skills. And then at that point, if they still needed that, then we would implement those as needed biomedical modalities. So you've run the program for two and a half years, and now you said you've done yourself out of a job. So where are you at now bringing this out to the greater audience right across the country? And Well, right now, you know, my website is one way to see what I'm doing. And the other is I've been doing conferences on helping resolve the opioid epidemic, recovery-friendly medication-assisted treatment modalities. I'm just trying to get the word out. I was in a panel discussion in LA a couple of weeks ago that really kind of went viral for us because we actually had it streamed and recorded. And the panel I was on was fabulous. And then we had such live audience participation and the people that were online live were also interacting with us. So it turned out to be a really good collaboration. So I'm trying to collaborate with other thought leaders who are trying to step away from the traditional war on drugs mentality for this opioid problem. And, you know, they keep calling it opioid epidemic, but I really call it a syndemic. And a syndemic means it's not just about the opioids, but it's also about the mistreated mental health disorders and the mistreated chronic pain disorders. So you've got a perfect storm brewing, and you have been just focusing on one little piece of it and using the supply-side war mentality instead of looking at the demand side. So I'm out on the conference circuit trying to motivate and energize and encourage people that there's a better way if we play together. How do you see that panning out in, say, the next five years? I have no clue right now. (laughs) I really don't because we're hitting a lot of blowback from the traditional law enforcement 
And also we're hitting some blowback from mental health and addiction treatment providers because they can't get all on the same page. Down here at the States, the medication-assisted treatment is being fought tooth and nail by some traditional addiction treatment programs because they consider it just replacing one drug for another. And they don't get it. Now, for the population I serve, chronic pain and coexisting disorders, if they don't have appropriate recovery-friendly medication-assisted interventions, they're going to relapse in a very short period of time. Mm, Absolutely. And I'm hoping my book is going to be a platform. I hired somebody to help me. He's submitting to 24 different publishers over the next couple of weeks. I'm shopping it out to see where I can get the best deal. And then I want to get that out there because it explains how to do what we accomplished at a healing place. And is that going to be useful for organizations as well? Yes, for organizations. Down-to-earth pain patients can read through that because I purposely got rid of the jargon and wrote it in earth language. Mm -hmm. And so it really can benefit anybody that has an investment in chronic pain, family members, healthcare professionals, chronic pain patients, doesn't matter. Excellent. Well, listen, um, it's phenomenal. I look forward to getting that book. I'll be ordering it soon once it's available because I'm always reading books from you know leaders in the field who are just doing things differently. And I think you've clearly demonstrated that that's where your heart and passion is, and and you're coming up with the goods. You know. Yeah. Um, so congratulations on that. It's an amazing, amazing achievement. Thank you. And I'm collaborating with other people too, like Radiant Health here. Yes. I'm having a conversation with them tomorrow about how we can play well together. Harry Nelson, who wrote the book, The United States of Opioids, A Prescription for a Nation in Pain, he and I have been collaborating on several different projects, and he was the one that led the panel discussion in LA. We're hoping to be presenting together at the Colorado Springs Winter Symposium in January. They get about 1,700 people. So we're trying to get out and get the word out. Excellent. And do you have any you know, footprint on the political side of things as well? Harry Nelson has a big footprint on that. He is involved with a number of nationwide thought leaders, political leaders, law enforcement, legal. His law firm is the largest healthcare law firm in the United States. And they were our our law firm for our program, by the way. So, I mean, he's really getting in touch with a lot of the heavy hitters. Yes, because unless we deal with all levels, I think it's you know, we're going to come up against these roadblocks. So we've got to get all the stakeholders together, and when I say stakeholders, I include insurance providers, pharmaceutical reps, law enforcement, uh, mental health, addiction, pain. We need to all be stakeholders mm-hmm. in this. And I think, as you say, you know, the evidence is there, the research is there, and it's just a matter of you know having the heart to move forward with this. That's why we're in the trouble though, you know, Wayne, is because the research has demonstrated that for chronic pain, it takes an integrated multidisciplinary team approach and there is no level one evidence whatsoever that opioids are effective for chronic pain. But that's all we've been using or the majority of our interventions up until now. Yes. You know, there's there's different thoughts on that whole subject of opioids and, and my personal experience coming from the trenches as a family physician, there are definitely people's lives who are completely transformed by them. Absolutely. And there's a place. You know, my philosophy is there's no such thing as a bad med. It's how it's used and who it's used with can have good or bad outcomes. Yeah. And the individual choice should be the physician who knows their patients 
and then they can um, do what's best. But we need these teams around us to help. It takes a team to heal a pain patient. Absolutely. Okay, well, listen, um, here's a big question for you. You know, you, you've done lots for over the last four decades now. But at this stage in life, what is your greatest or biggest challenge in your career right now? Picking and choosing what I'm going to do. Now, I've chosen a project that's way off track from this. I actually had been doing it for since 2009 until I opened the healing place, but it was working with uh, Options Recovery, which is a prison reentry type program in Berkeley, California. And in 2009, we started a pilot program of training felon inmates to become alcohol and drug counselors to become peer mentors behind the bars. And they found out that I'm no longer running, you know, working 60 and 80 hours a week. They asked me if I'd like to start doing that again because they got a three-year grant to take it through all the prisons in California. So I'm going to be doing that in my spare time. Excellent. Okay, so I'm just for our audience, but you're going to wrap this up. Can you just give us the address of your websites? It's www.dr. My last name, Grinstead, G-R-I-N-S-T-E-A-D.com. And it's the same for LinkedIn. And I also have a chronic pain management support group on LinkedIn that I'd invite people to join if they're in pain management. I'm hitting almost 10,000 members in that group right now. So that's the other thing is using my social media DR Steve Grinstead on Facebook. I mean, these are just some of the ways to connect with me. Well, listen, again, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate the time you've spent. It's been interesting to get your perspective and, and really the, the story that you've had that fuels it all is truly awesome. So It's been a journey. I bet. Okay, so listen, we're going to wrap this up. Thanks again. And I look forward to maybe meeting you in person one day. That would be awesome. If I get up in your area, I'll let you know. Look me up up here in BC. Okay, well, thank you so much. Thank you.